everybody. Welcome back to Diane and Langdon, a show where we analyze various media. We're going to be continuing with Full Metal Alchemist, the 2003 anime adaptation. Uh, this is episode seven, Night of the Chimera's Cry. Uh, my name's Langdon. I'm a comedian in D.C. And I am Diane, and I am an archaeologist in D.C. Uh, and I think we wanted to start this episode by just, because uh, we did this, I think, a couple episodes ago where we just clarified some terms that we'll probably use throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. the one that we wanted to talk to talk about today is suspension of disbelief or willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, and I, I think of it like surface tension. Like, yeah, or like water tension on like a penny on a coin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like what does it take to break that surface tension actually gets mm-hmm. like under the water or... In literary terms, it's kind of how willing you are to engage with a story and overlook uh, whatever system of magic it uses, or even any mechanical, physical, or real-world flaws. Something that can't happen in the real world, but that happens regularly in the story. Are you willing to accept that? And every single new element that you introduce to your story that isn't extant in the real world sort of tests that suspension and disbelief, Mm -hmm. really pushes on that water tension we're talking about. Yeah. Um, And... and Different media will ask you to look at it differently. Like some things will a- will ask you to go a little bit farther, and some things won't really ask you for very much suspension of disbelief at all. They'll right. s- they'll be very very true to how things function in the real world. Yeah. Um. So, things like One Punch Man, <laughs> it's kind of you're willing to believe it as long as it's funny because that's the point of the show. Yeah, it, it follows more the rule of funny than like yeah. anything else. And the joke being, how hard can One Punch Man punch? As hard as it takes for it to be funny. Right. And, and you'll accept whatever that level is because that's the joke. That's the whole point of watching right. the show. In Jurassic Park, they pretty much ask you to accept one thing, which is science can do that. Yeah. And they even go so far as to kind of try to come up with a pseudoscience explanation yeah. for what they're doing. And really all you have to do is say, okay, I'll, I'm willing to accept that right. you can bring dinosaurs back to life with bugs. Absolutely. Uh, and as long as you can do that, then you can believe in Jurassic Park. That's all it takes. Um the reason we wanted to bring it up with this uh, is because the manga version of Full Metal Alchemist asks you to accept two things and yep. two things only, and that is alchemy is real and automail works. Right. Uh, and with automail, you do kind of just have to accept that it works. Mm-hmm. But with alchemy, she makes it easy for you by giving you some rules. She tells you yeah. alchemy can do this and it can't do this. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, in my opinion, the, the, the ask... Of suspension disbelief. It's actually very small. Very low. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Um, in this, (laughs) um, we have still yet to determine exactly how far that suspension and disbelief is going to be pushed because they, there are no rules. They, they insist they have rules. They talk about the rules every single episode, but we have seen them continually be broken and not just with the philosopher's stone, which is something that is stated to be able to break the rules. Like literally... In just general transmutations, when Maj Hall turns a chisel into a giant sword, yeah. we see the rule completely ignored. We see so much, so so many of these rules ignored so many times. So I, I don't know what I, the rules are. Yeah. They, whatever they're telling me, they don't adhere to them. So I don't believe in their rules. Ergo, I don't believe in this alchemy. Yeah. And, and if your suspension of disbelief breaks, if your audience is no longer willing to engage with the story that you're putting in front of mm-hmm. them, that is a big, big problem. You can't yeah. have that. Absolutely. But so far in the story, um, we've been following Edward and Alphonse Elric. They're brothers. They're alchemists. Um, and they are on a mission to get their original bodies back. We are in a flashback. We this have is... been in a flashback now for five episodes. So 
almost three times as long as we've been with them in the present. Right. It's not like we've been watching this anime for 20 episodes and now they're doing like a flashback arc. It's like they started it with two episodes in the present and now we've been in a flashback for the rest of the time we've been watching it. Are we assuming that we're going to be in flashback up until the moment that we get to Lior? Is this just going to be a three-year flashback? I assume that, and yeah, and the thing is, it is a three-year flashback, because right now they're 11 and 12, and we know in the present they're 14 and 15. Right, but what I mean is this flashback going to cover the entirety of three years like this, just day by day? It kind of has to, because we've been been spending time with them in a way that suggests that things are... I guess not, though, because I guess they were at Show Tucker's place for, like, maybe weeks, maybe months... Yeah. So the the flow of time is very kind of confusing, and especially knowing that they have to catch up to a three years to a point three years in the future, mm-hmm. it's hard to say what's gonna happen. Um. Yeah, and the thing is, like, we'll talk about it at the end because I've got some notes to talk about this at the end. I don't understand why we've been, spent so long in the past. It no. doesn't seem to really be serving much, right? Beyond showing Edward becoming a state alchemist. Yeah. Um. Beyond that. Every other one of these arcs plays out in the present in the manga, and I don't understand why they can't play out in the present. What what does it detract from if we put them in the present? Because we have not seen our homunculi, which I thought the entirety of this, like the purpose of doing this flashback was to show how intertwined the homunculi have been with Edward and Alphonse. That was the impression I got from the Maj Hall episode when we I saw Lester. Yeah, there were but indications we that that was going yeah, to be the case. But we haven't seen them at all since then. So now I'm just, I, I'm so confused about why we're here. It doesn't seem to be serving a narrative purpose in the grander scheme of things. Yeah. What we have seen, though, is Edward passing his state alchemist exam. So he's now an alchemist for the government. Uh, yeah. He's a researcher, but also potentially a soldier yes. uh, for this stratocratic military-run government. Um, but that's given him a stipend, a, a big stipend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are a lot of indicators that it's a lot of money and access to some very uh, exclusive research that he wouldn't have mm-hmm. otherwise. So this is going to help them, ideally, on their quest to get his arm and his leg back and his brother Alphonse's entire body back. Right. And while they're in Central, which is kind of the capital of this country they live in, Amestris, they're staying with another state alchemist named Sho Tucker and mm-hmm. his daughter, Nina Tucker, and they also have a dog named Alexander. Yes. Uh, kind of unclear why they're still staying there since he's passed his exam. Right. So he's got that sweet stipend. Like, buddy, go get yourself a bachelor pad, please. But also, they, like, they were staying there because Sho Tucker was helping them study, and now they don't have to study Yeah, anymore. no, it's, it's fine. Um, Just move on. But the one other thing we know is that Sho Tucker has a... Uh, a recertification coming up. Yes, yes. And he he seems a little nervous about it, but we'll do a lot more of that this episode. Yes. Um, so uh, we open up this episode in Central Headquarters in Roy Mustang's office because Roy Mustang works at Central. That bothers you more than it bothers me. It really me. bothers <laughs> me. It bothers me so much. He's supposed to work at... It, it's, He's it's, supposed to live in yeah. the East. Yeah, well, and... and uh, Amestris is divided into like a central region and then a north region, west region, east region, south region. Yes. The boys are from the east. Roy Mustang is supposed to be from the east and he's supposed to work in the east. Right. And and he's 
the, the whole point of it is that Roy Mustang is a maverick and East is kind of seen as the bumfuck region. It's yeah. where you send people who you don't really trust. His superior, Lieutenant General Grumman, is also stationed in the East because he the, the brass doesn't trust Lieutenant General Grumman to go along with their nefarious plans. And so they ship him off to the bumfuck region where he can't do anything. He's essentially powerless. They do the same thing to Roy Mustang and they just... It's because they don't want them involved in Central. But the anime seems a lot less concerned with the political drama happening inside of the military and a lot more concerned with the boys. Even though Roy Mustang is... I, I saw him called the Tritagonist, but I would counter. I don't think he is. I think he's the Deuteragonist. As in Edward and Alphonse are the protagonist together? I think Alphonse is less important than Roy Mustang, or at least has less really? stuff to do. How interesting. I, think so. I'm, I could be wrong. I haven't read it in a while. Okay, see, I, I disagree with that. I do think Alphonse is the Deuteragonist and Roy Mustang is the Tritagonist. But... Okay, his stuff seems more important, though, <laughs> to the larger scheme of it. But hey. That's because we talk about Roy Mustang's plot line yeah, a well, lot. Yeah, because he's your favorite by, <laughs> by a lot. But also because I'm literally writing a fan fiction that, that is, pulls a lot from his manga plot lines. Sometimes so. I'm like, who's Edward? Um, um, but yeah. Roy gives him uh, his state alchemist watch, which is uh, kind of proof that all the state alchemists have them. It's kind of proof that it's, they've passed the exam. Yeah, it's your identification. Thing. Though it has also been stated that it is also an amplifier, not just by Father yeah. Cornello, by Edward himself. We have not had this reconfirmed by any other state alchemist at this point. Tucker has not mentioned it. Roy Mustang has not mentioned it. So I'm unsure if this is actually the case but otherwise i don't know why we've had this suggested by father cornello and then reaffirmed by edward's belief in the past this is this is odd to me if this is not the case i definitely think it is the case i just don't think they've had a good time to really get into it but i also don't know when they will yeah um anyways uh so we that that kind of tells us where Roy and Edward are at this time. But we have to catch up with the rest of our cast, which at this point is Alphonse and Show Tucker. Um, and at the Tucker house, again, where the boys are staying, we see Alphonse kind of hanging out with Nina, uh, who's the four-year-old daughter and the dog. Mm -hmm. And they, they play together. They have a very, very good rapport and they've gotten yes. along very, very well. And we see Show Tucker kind of watching them from the window. And he has this look on his face where his lip curls into a snarl. Like, yeah. it... It's so bizarre for me. It comes out of nowhere because in last episode we were watching him watch Nina go and play with yeah. like this loving fatherly smile. So uh, yeah. now well, I'm like, he's a, he's a, what has just happened here? He's a single dad. He he seems to be pretty much enamored with his kid. Yeah. Not and now so, suddenly it's setting him off. Yeah. Not so great with the former Mrs. Tucker who uh, left I think him. It, yeah. At this point left him two years ago. Uh, but, but yeah, he's getting set off, which is really like. It's, it's unprecedented and feels weird. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we get our intro, Alphonse's intro, and then our theme song. And yeah, after as, the theme song, we are back in Central and Havoc. This is one of Roy Mustang's um, underlings. He's He would be, um, I believe, a master sergeant at this point. But he is driving Edward Elric, and he tells him that Roy Mustang is investigating a serial killer who goes after women. Um, and Edward says that Roy Mustang must be looking for just another promotion. Um, Which is totally counter to how he's talked about Roy Mustang yeah, every other time. Totally he's in Congress with his entire 
stated perception of Roy Mustang of his, this this idol worship that he seems to have. But also, mm-hmm. why would he think this? He's never encountered Roy Mustang being like ambitious or a power grabber right. before, which so- he absolutely is. I'm not going to come stand here and tell you that Roy Mustang is not ambitious or not power hungry. He totally is. But Edward has absolutely no reason to assume this. He has not seen any of this from Roy Mustang mm-hmm. yet. Up until this point, he's been basically like he he worships Roy Mustang. He thinks yeah. he's the coolest guy. And I think that they're he getting... He thinks con- Roy Mustang was going to save him during the state right. alchemist yeah, 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 yeah. exam. Um, and I think they're getting confused because in the manga, that like they have a very antagonistic relationship and they do kind of needle each other a lot. But that has not been set up yet. And so exactly. it's very... The, the only thing we've seen of it is kind of this needling each other happens at the end of the train episode when Edward's like, oh, I'll take that exam, all right. Well, but also but, Roy told Alphonse that he couldn't be... That he couldn't continue with the exam because he'd have to because he'd have to do the physical. So I do think that that could have turned Edward sour a little bit, but not to the extent that we see here. Where but he's it's also like, like, it's a very protective thing to be like, they'll find out about you. They'll take you away and right. run experiments and they'll throw your brother in jail. And it also it's, has nothing to do with, uh, with like wanting more promotions and being ambitious. And yeah. If anything, that is the opposite of that. It's yeah. odd. But then John Havoc says the most interesting thing. He says, Roy Mustang is a man who will do whatever it takes to get promoted. Confirmed. But if that's all he did, we wouldn't follow him. You'll learn what kind of man he is soon enough. And that kind of ties into one of your favorite quote unquote rules of writing. Ah, uh, no, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. It's one that is like probably my least favorite rule of all time, which is show don't tell. Excellent advice, um, not a rule, but this this idea of you have you you're working in this medium that allows you to show to show right and right Roy Mustang being a good leader, yeah, write him being a good person, and show me why the his his subordinates follow him, yeah. Um, and, and it's not it's like lazy here. Exactly. It's not like there's not room to do this. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a frustrating episode. Cause I definitely think that they, they rely so much more on convenience and expediency mm-hmm. than actually good storytelling. Agreed. Anyways, uh, Havoc gets, uh, Edward to the Tucker house. Uh, as soon as they get there, Alexander, the big dog steals Edward's state alchemist watch and Edward goes and kind of tries to get it back from him. Uh-huh. Which is fun. They have, a, they have a fun relationship. And Show Tucker says they're going to have a big feast to celebrate Edward's State Alchemist certification. Um, and then Jean Havoc tells... Before, yeah, before he leaves. Yeah. Tells Show Tucker that Roy Mustang is looking forward to Show Tucker's re-examination. Yep. So we have our dinner scene where yep. they're all eating. And Show Tucker lets us know that uh, State Alchemists are evaluated once a year. Yep. And he's explaining sort of what the recertification process is. Um, they do this glare on his glasses, and we'll talk. We'll talk about this more at the end. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think there's much use in talking about it here, but uh, it's orange, which I think is weird instead of like the typical anime white. And and yeah. the, the use is so different than the way it is in the manga. But again, something we'll talk about at the end. Uh, yeah, that, that happens he, a couple times. He looks like the dead fiance from Bly Manor. <laughs> that is a specific reference so, yeah but it's what he looks like <laughs> kudos to you guys who, who understand everything that we've consumed and he tells them that his last evaluation because again they get evaluated once a year and i think if they fail two in a row then they lose their certification is that mm-hmm. it or is it is it just one but his last one didn't go very well i i'm not sure what the rule is 
I believe that it's it, it might be two in a row or it could be one in a row. But if you've got somebody kind of in your corner that can vouch for you and be like, oh, no, 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 no. He'll do better next time around. He's still a valuable asset. Like, I think it's not just... I don't think your entire career rides on these certifications. I think they're also recertification exams. I think they're also evaluating what you've contributed throughout the year, um, how much you have contributed mm, to the mm. military. Like they bring so much more into Absolutely. play than yeah. just this one. This is a performance review. Yeah, this is a performance review in which you also have to do a task. Mm. And you may not do well at the task, but the rest of your performance may go quite well. His hasn't his review hasn't gone well. It didn't go well last year, um, and mm-hmm. I think we're starting to get the feeling that it's not going very well right now, or his preparation at least. And Tucker is the sewing life alchemist, so mm-hmm. he works primarily with chimeras or combining animals of different types. Yes. Um, and we know that he got his certification by making a chimera that could understand human speech. And the boys are curious if that's what he's going to do again. And he asks them to show it to them when he does, and he says that he will. But he's he's again he's very nervous. He seems yes. very on edge. Uh, yes. After this, we get into the bedroom that the boys are staying in, and we see Edward is writing a letter to Winry, and it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen Winry's in my life. Winry's their childhood friend. Yes, and she's back in Risen Bowl, and Edward is writing to her an entire letter about how the exam was so easy mm-hmm. for him, and he knew all the answers, and they were all shocked to see what a great alchemist he was, and which... If you watch the last episode, is hilarious because yeah. none of that is true. Except that they were shocked to see what a great alchemist he was. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's totally untrue. Uh, but Nina kind of asks if Winry is his girlfriend. And Alphonse is like, you know, now that you mention it. I hate that, um, actually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because there is no evidence of that. Yeah, they, they we've seen Winry with these boys and there's been no evidence that there was any feelings for each other. The thing is, this is something that they that I would I would appreciate a lot more if they were allowed to grow into this affection for one another. Mm-hmm. If this were if this were developed rather than just given to us and we were just told to accept this. I, I really want to see it developed and played out. Again, show don't tell. Because right now they're telling us that there's this relationship instead of demonstrating that this relationship exists. Which gives and it more even- meaning. Not not to jump ahead, but even next episode when we see the two of them together, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, affection and that kind of secret crush isn't really there. But Edward's writing a letter kind of inspires Nina to write a letter because mm-hmm. she's four. Um, and she writes a letter to her mom. And the boys are kind of like, what's up with your mom? And she says that her mom went to live with her parents after she called their dad a good for nothing. Which lines up with the story that we've been told that mm-hmm. she left about two years ago. Uh, right before he yeah. became a state alchemist. Um, then we get a second scene in the bedroom a yep. little bit later, in which Nina is now asleep, and Show Tucker comes to take her to bed. Um, and we see that she's been drawing a picture of of her family and yep. herself, her dad, her mom, and uh, and Alexander. The yes. Dog. And Show Tucker then tells the boys that um, Mrs. Tucker left because she didn't like being poor. Right. And then it's not the case anymore now that he's a state alchemist. But yeah. she hasn't come back? Nope. Um, after this, Show Tucker enters a dark room. After that... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, that's, that's pretty much the extent of It's a scene. very, very fast scene where, like, he picks Nina up and he leaves. And then you see, like... 
Just him, him in the middle yeah. of like a bright spotlight center stage in a really dark room, and then it cuts for like less than five seconds. Too. It's, it's it's not a scene so much as an image, but it's also like where is this image supposed to play? Like, what does this mean? Where are we in space? Where are we in time? And we get it because we understand what's what's going to happen. This arc. This is this is a very very like famous arc that's yeah. about to play out. Um, but we just because. Just because we understand it, because we know what's going to play out, doesn't mean that this is a good choice. Because yeah. you should make every choice as if the person consuming this is consuming it for the first time. That's one of my biggest rules, is that if you if you go into something and you have to have done research beforehand, even if I went in to see Star Wars Episode Nine, I should not have had to see 7 or 8 or any of the other ones or any of the anything at all to understand everything that's going on. Um, and here... I disagree with that, but I don't. I don't. I, you should be able to read any, even even like a book in a series. You should be able to pick up any book in the middle, and be able to have a full, like, complete experience with it, okay. separate from any of the other parts of the series. Yes, obviously, you'll enjoy it more if you have that. Just like we're enjoying this series more, maybe maybe less. <laughs> it's hard to say. But our our experience with this series is different because we know the manga and because we've seen the other anime Brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, so, but that that shouldn't be a requirement, and that shouldn't be an expectation. You should go in and saying your audience is a, is a total newborn. Right. I look at it more as adaptational. So, if somebody has adapted a piece of media to a different medium, then you are, and you make the expectation from the beginning that people will know what's going on because everyone's consumed this other medium before, right. then that's, that's, I shouldn't have to go into... Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy, having read the book series. Right. I should be able to consume those as an adaptation standing alone. Yeah. Whereas I, I I do think that if you are consuming Return of the King, then you should probably have seen the first two previously, and I'm not going to fault them for not clarifying certain things in that. But I shouldn't be I shouldn't be punished for not having read the books if I'm going in to see a movie. Well, and, and you kind of hit on something that I feel like as well. Like, no, you shouldn't have to clarify something if you're on book three of a series yeah. and I didn't read the first two books. But I should okay. still be able to understand what's happening. I shouldn't have mm -hmm. any confusion about the actual logic of what's going on. Yeah. And this is a scene, him specifically him entering this dark room and being silhouetted for a moment and then us cutting doesn't make sense on any level. No. It makes sense to us as a tonal like piece, mm -hmm. but it's not actually anything there's no narrative backbone to it it just yeah. kind of happens yeah uh, without any rhyme or reason to it uh but the next morning edward gets up to take alexander for a walk and he sees that uh the drawing that nina made has been burnt yes but um, only burnt, burnt enough that mm -hmm. you can still see all of it yeah so just the edges are burnt you know like when you're distressing paper aging paper to like make like an age treasure map or something for a kid's yeah, project yeah, yeah. and you just burn the edges and then crumple it up so he's done that and then put it in the middle of a bowl in the middle of the dining room table where any Edward or Alphonse or Nina can discover this burnt picture. Yeah. So this so, is either like an incredibly like high quality piece of paper or he just really doesn't care. Like, but also like why or it's just it's, convenient. So oh, me, <laughs> I, <laughs> That's the show's biggest sin, is that they always go for convenience. 
over thoughtfulness. Yeah, it's um, but they play some creepy music, so we're supposed to know that this means something. Um, from there we go to the State Alchemist Library, which is a building on kind of the main uh, government headquarters campus. Edward is trying to access Show Tucker's Chimera research, and the main librarian calls back to one of her coworkers, Sheska, who tells us that it is super classified. Mm-hmm. So there's like some reason that they're keeping this research under lock and key. Right. Even though he's a state alchemist, he doesn't have access to this because it is it is it is top secret, and he needs permission from someone named Brigadier General Bosque Grand. Yes, who is the uh, Iron Blood Alchemist. He is mm-hmm. also a state alchemist, and he is in charge of developing alchemical military strategies. Um, yes. I have a question. Sure. Because now we know that Boss Grand is in charge of developing alchemical military strategy, and that he is in charge of Show Tucker's research. So why was Mustang the one sending somebody to, to tell him, hey, I'm excited to see what you come up with? What does Mustang fucking have to do with it? Why is it Mustang's business? He's not he's not the one in charge of this show. Boss Grand is. Uh, I guess it's because it's convenient. I guess it's because it's convenient. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the answer to a, a lot of the questions that you have about this. Um, but <sighs> having been turned away, Edward goes outside and we see uh, a man with kind of brown, tannish skin uh, and this like shock of white hair. And sunglasses that cover up this big X-shaped scar on his face. He's trying to get into the state alchemist library. And there's a guard there who's obviously like, you're not a state alchemist, so obviously I can't let you into this library. And this man is desperate to get in. And Mm -hmm. so he pushes past his guard. And Edward, trying to be cool and suave, kind of grabs him by the arm and is like, hey man, it's against the rules. Yeah, he's he's very like, "Uh, I think the guy said you you gotta turn back, buddy. Yeah. He's trying He's trying to be cool as heck. And the man, um, like, pulls away from him. And in this <laughs> process, his cheap-ass sweatshop-made shirt completely rips. It, the, the arm completely rips off at the seam, um, revealing an intricate tattoo sleeve. Yeah, so he has, he has designs all up and down this one arm. Um, and kind of everybody sees it. And the man, like, jerks for a second. He grabs the sleeve from Edward and he runs away into an alleyway. Uh, in the alleyway, he looks at the arm and you, it's kind of this, like, it's shaky the, the cam. It's real shaky camera. Yeah. And he's like, brother, why would you put this awful alchemical tattoo on me? My first time when I watched this, I, I had the question of, is this the first time he's realizing he has a tattoo? Because of how the camera work plays, it's <laughs> so silly. Um, uh, uh, yeah. But this doesn't look like alchemy that we've seen before. This is this is something different. Yes. Uh, and and we'll obviously we'll, we'll come back to this guy and kind of what his deal is. But uh, a new mystery for us, which is good because mm. so far our only mysteries are along the lines of why do birds pop? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because we, we've had issues before where we're like, why am I still watching this show? Especially after the flashback started, uh. and they're kind of like, here's the full backstory of the two main characters. Don't do that. Let me, like, learn things about them. Let me have questions about them. Yeah. Uh, But now we have a new question. So, great. Um, At the Hughes house, this is Edward's next stop uh, on his list of errands, I guess. Yes. Um, The the Hughes baby, uh, Mm -hmm. whose name is Alicia... She's uh, she's holding her her head up. She's holding her own head up. So at least a month has passed since her birth because that's about when babies can actually hold their heads up by themselves. Or 
maybe the people making the show just don't care. No. <laughs> that would uh, be crazy. It, it's possible, though. So, But, like, if it has been a month, how long have they been staying with show Tucker? Yeah, how much it's not longer? Anymore. It's not. It looks like spring. How much longer are they going to be staying with this man? Uh, Why isn't Edward moving out? Why is Edward such a freeloader? Yeah. A huge freeloader. Um, but Edward asks, and Mays Hughes, we know, works in investigation. So he has access to a lot of information people might not. So Edward asks about Show Tucker's chimera, maybe because he didn't get what he wanted from the library. He's now like, maybe this guy in investigations knows mm-hmm. more about it. Um, and Hughes does know a little bit about it. Um, he he re-emphasizes that the chimera could talk in human speech. But he says that it definitely, like, one of the things that it said was, I want to die. And after that, it didn't eat anything, and it did die. So it kind of, it killed itself, really. Yeah. Um, the military thought that there might have been some value in it, so they kept the research around, and Tucker obviously stayed as a state alchemist. Um, yeah. Edward asks about Mrs. Tucker, mm-hmm. and Hughes is kind of like, Mrs. Tucker? You mean his wife, the woman who died before he and Nina moved to Central? Which is obviously not in line with the story that we've been fed so far, which is that she left two And years then ago. he's like, huh? Am I wrong about that? Yeah. Um, so a new mystery. Uh, mm. And then they, he gets a phone call. Uh, he picks it up and he says, the serial killer. So we know that he's being called the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that lab theme again, which I like, the, the spooky mystery theme. But so from there, uh, we go to our commercial break. And when we come back, we are at the scene of the crime. Uh, it's this alleyway somewhere in Central. Uh, we're doing our investigation here. This is the fifth victim of the serial killer. She has been placed under a sheet and in the custody of her of her child. Her like four year old. Yeah, there's a and little we boy. See, and he's sobbing. And we see and, and he's surrounded by officers, we should clarify that like they didn't just get here and find this dead woman. Like there's like ten military people. Yes, one here. of which is second lieutenant Reza Hawkeye, who is holding this child by the shoulders as he is literally on top of and touching this sheet covered yeah. dead body. Yeah. And it looks like she's just kind of like holding him mm-hmm. or like pushing him onto the dead body. It's really <laughs> unclear. I, I don't um, think she's pushing him, but no. But the point is what what the hell is a child doing here? Yeah. Why why didn't they well, discover this dead body and immediately before they had time to put the sheet on it, go, we got to get this kid out of yeah. here. We got to take him away to a safer place. We got to calm him down, get him some hot chocolate, get him some fucking therapy. Like there's so many yeah. other steps that should be going on right now well, that just like, are not. There's carelessness. This military is incompetent. I'll say it again. This military is fucking incompetent. Because they've been here for a while. Like, there's a ton of people here. Yeah. They've been here for at least half an hour. And nobody at any point said, hey, her kid, should he stay or should he go to headquarters? What do we do with him? Should we put him in with, like, should we get, like, a child psychologist to come talk to him? Because, of course, they have those on payroll. Come on. Um, But Riza gets the brilliant idea to maybe remove the child from the scene where his mother was murdered it takes uh, a minute for her to get this idea, though. Yeah, she picks him up, and he kind of he he obviously doesn't want to go with his mom, uh, but he pulls the sheet off of this woman, and we see that she's been brutalized. Yeah, like she's been cut, not to bits, but she's been cut up real a bad. Lot. Um, and this actually gives Edward a flashback to when he and Alphonse tried to use human transmutation to bring their mother back back to life. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a beat that actually plays off very well because it it I don't know the the way she's positioned recalls the way they're. 
I guess not their mom, but whatever they actually transmuted, whatever kind of human-esque thing, yeah. uh, they're in a similar position. And so he has a flashback and he faints. It's one of the scenes that they do a really nice job of. They're, right. We, we give them a lot of crap, but they're... There are some moments in the show that play very, very well. And this is one of them for me. Yeah. Uh, but he, he faints and he wakes up back at the Tucker house. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we when he wakes up at the Tucker house, Show Tucker is nursing him there. Um, and Show Tucker tells him that Edward has been calling for and apologizing to his own mother. Mm-hmm. And Show reveals that he's had suspicions about the boys and what they did ever since seeing their bodies for the first right. time. How, how they ended up a soul bound to a suit of armor and missing an arm and a leg. I don't, I don't understand this, that people can just look at a boy who's missing an arm and see a soul bound suit of armor and be like, you tried human transmutation, didn't you? Because that implies that like there is developed and published research on the act and results of human transmutation. Or that he's tried it himself. Or that he's tried it himself. And, but, but the, the fact that everyone can just sort of recognize this and be like, ah, that's the result of a human transmutation yeah. and not some sort of freak rebound in some other experiment. Well, it's it's so bizarre to me because that does imply that there is research that has been done and developed and published that everyone in the zeitgeist just has common knowledge of. This is just what happens. And that was kind of the implication that we got from episode four with Mosh Hall as well, where it's yeah. just like people somehow seem to know what happens when you do a human transmutation, uh, which... They they don't and they shouldn't. It's illegal and extremely classified. Yes. If there's, if there's any published work on it at all. It's it's as classified as you can fucking get. Mm-hmm. Um, but Edward... Because we don't really know anybody else who's even tried it at this point. Yeah. And, and their definition of human transmutation is a little more loosey-goosey, which is fine with me. But like, there are different avenues for it. And mm-hmm. bringing someone back to life is not the only type of human transmutation. Mm-hmm. But it is the only type that really like matters to the story yeah but ever tells show tucker about this human transmutation off screen um and show tucker's really quite nice about it um Mm -hmm. and then boss grand appears with his soldiers and they um enter the downstairs um foyer where they proceed to point guns at the four-year-old child, Nina, um, <laughs> the dog, Alexander, the 12-year-old boy, Edward, the 11-year-old boy in a suit of armor, Alphonse, and a, a man. Um, they just point guns at them. Guys. Yeah. Guys. Safety 101. If you live in an area where you take gun safety before you are allowed to purchase a firearm, that's not everywhere. every area. It's not, though. But hopefully everywhere, if you ever take a gun safety course, what they're going to tell you in the first five minutes is you do not draw a gun unless you mean to use it. You do not point it at a person unless you mean to kill them. And you do not put your finger on the trigger until you are ready to kill them. Kill or shoot? Kill. Kill? Kill. What if I want to shoot him in the leg? You, you have to act as if, like, they, they tell okay. you yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're pulling your firearm that you have to assume that every shot you're going to take is lethal. That, that seems fair to me. Yeah, um, but that's Boss, how I was trained. But Boss Grand is like, I, I guess he's there because he's the same guy that we saw uh, adjudicating the state alchemist exams. Yeah. Uh, he's a big, broad-shouldered man with a very pointy mustache. Yes, very sharp. Um, he's bald. Not bald from episode five, but, but he does. He has bald. no hair. On his head. 
on his face he has some. Yes, <laughs> he's got massive, fabulous facial hair. It's um, very pointy. But he t- he makes the, I guess he makes the boys leave. I guess they can't stay with Show Tucker because Show Tucker is Gron's alchemist. Finally, um, someone's making Edward get his own place. <laughs> Maybe he just heard that Edward was freeloading, and he was like, "No state alchemist, I've mine is gonna not pay rent." <laughs> um, but Nina's very sad about this. Obviously, she's very nice to the boys. Um, and kind of as the boys are walking out, we go to a private study with Boss Grand and Show Tucker. And Boss Grand says that he pulled some strings last year to help Tucker keep his certification, but that this is the end of the line and Tucker's going to be poor again. Yes. And Boss Grand then tells him that he heard that the Fuhrer showered praise on Edward for doing transmutation without a transmutation circle. And I'm which like... How, yeah, which is how he passed his exam. Bro, what do you mean you heard? Because Boss Grand was, was there. We saw him there. We saw him there. And then he was like, yeah, that upstart Roy Mustang was able to gain the Fuhrer's favor. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Also, the staging of this is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, just because the eye line on Grand is he's looking out the window at the boys. But it's but not it's clear he's up. looking out the window for a while. It kind of, um, yeah, it kind of looks like he's looking at Tucker, who is like off to his side. But it's not clear if Tucker is in the foreground or the background compared yeah, to Boss Yeah, so it Grand. just looks like Boss Grand is enormous. Like and it's not the first time that this like show has had that problem. the kind of enormous in which he could easily adopt Den. And make Den look like a normal oh. size dog. <laughs> the giant Den from the episode 3. The giant Den from uh, episode 3. Again, as we've said already, I think, nobody cares about the animation on this show. Um, there's just a lot of really... Uh, I don't even feel like they're nitpicky at this point. Because we're not pausing and seeing these. We're watching it and being like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yes. Um, just a lot of really odd, odd inexcusable that, mistakes. Like, again, somebody illustrated this. Somebody else looked at this and somebody else greenlit this. This goes through a process before it hits the screen. And nobody was like, mm, that looks weird. Yeah, so nobody really cares. Yeah, um, no one cares. But that evening in the Tucker house, we see Show Tucker. He's in the same room where he burned Nina's drawing. Yeah. Uh, and he's looking very stressed. He's kind of got his head in his hands. Um, and Nina comes in and he hugs her. They talk a little bit about the certification and how he, he he's... Really nervous about the certification. He doesn't think it's going to go well. Um, and, and Nina's there to kind of cheer him up, but he's... It, he's very sad, but, like, there's love her. in yes. this scene. Which, again, real incongruous with that, that snarl that he gives at her the very, out the yeah, window at the, at the very, very beginning. beginning. It's so weird. Uh, Pick a lane. The same evening, we see now that his house is under guard, but the guards are attacked. I mean, we don't see this happen, but we hear kind of a scuffle, and then we see the guards knocked out. We see their guns have been transmuted into these kind of looped horns so obviously Mm -hmm. not going to work anymore again we don't see the action of a fun moment we just skip over it but again if this is a moment where you're i i have some forgiveness for this because it's 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 kind of tropey to be like oh no there's these guards unconscious and now their guns are loop-de-loops and who's in there you know well and we yeah we do want to spend some time at least a couple moments with that like who's in there element i'm fine with how the scenes handle yeah my only issue is that we haven't seen a real fight scene like ever the last fight scene we got was when edward transmitted a ribbon to do eh? but even like even the action sequence during the exam is like <laughs> right it, a lot of it is left up for you to understand what connects this 
beat with this beat, etc. And sometimes it doesn't connect at all. But the people who have broken into the Tucker house, it is the Elrics, Alphonse and uh, Edward. Alphonse is very loud because he's a suit of armor. He's like clanking clanking, through and he's like, what are we doing here? And it's like, why are you whispering, dude? You're you're loud. (laughs) Um, And then... Uh, Alphonse, Edward, Edward yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of goes, well, if there's nothing really here, then we're going to be fine. Uh, because Alphonse is worried that he's going to lose his state alchemist certification for breaking yeah. into a state alchemist but house, like, which it seems, seems reasonable. Like, but also it seems to me like if if there's nothing there, you're still fucked because they're yeah. still going to find out that now, you broke yeah. into a fellow state alchemist right. house. You now still you've did a felony. For nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but they, they they go through the house and they get to kind of this basement room that I don't, we haven't been in here yet, right? Right, um, this, yeah. So this is a new room. It's a basement room. It's also, uh, we know it as the specimen room. That's how it's mm-hmm. labeled in the manga. But it's full of cages and these very uh, frightening looking Grotesque animals. Grotesque yeah. chimera. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boys find Show Tucker in a back room. He's in a back room. He just calls out, come on in. Yeah. Um, so he hears them, knows they're there. And it's just like, let's go. Yep. Um, and they, they enter this back room and it's, the walls and the ceiling are covered in like transmutation circles. Like these real, like, if you guys have ever seen pictures of like houses where druggies and squatters have been, that's what this room looks like. One of the transmutation circles is obviously drawn in blood because it's red and dripping. Uh, one of them is the Eye of Truth, which I think is a fun little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they're everywhere. This is not yeah. This is not a sane person's workspace. This yeah. is a crazy person's workspace. Yes, they're they're literally everywhere. They're on the walls. They're on the ceilings. And again, it's this moment of alchemy is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to quickly compare alchemy with the... causes problems, violence solves them. Yes. Um, and to quickly compare it with the manga, like the specimen room, it's weird. And it's a little spooky, but it's not scary. It's yeah, not and they're dangerous. taken in from Go. And the, the boys are in there from the moment they arrive at Show Tucker's house. He's like, here's the specimen room. And it's not yeah. an off-limits place to them. Yeah. Well, and he, he, I think part of the fun with that, and obviously we'll touch on this a lot more at the end, but like, I think kind of the macabreness of it is lost on Show Tucker a little bit. Yeah, he's, That's just one a, the, he's just kind of a weird dude. Yeah, and but here he's a crazy dude. Yeah, here he's crazy. He's crazy. Uh, um, and he shows them that he's made a new chimera. Uh, it looks kind of like a dog. It has uh, kind like of... Like a mane? Yeah, like a, like horse a, mane. a brunette mane. And it, it can understand human speech and it can talk. Yes, and so he introduces Edward. And Edward's just like looking at the floor and yeah. his bangs are obscuring his face. Alphonse thinks this is cool. It, I mean, it is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Edward is kind of, he leans down, he, the dog sniffs him, and he pets it. Uh, it pulls out his state alchemist watch. And he kind of like goes, <laughs> Yeah. And it, it calls him Big Brother, Onichan, which is what Nina called him. Yeah. And yeah. Alphonse is like, this is still really cool, and he hasn't picked up on it yet. I hate this. We'll talk about it. Like, like Diane said, Edward is kind of going through something in his brain. He, his gears are turning, and he stands up, and he goes to Tucker, and he says, Hey, when did you make your first chimera? Uh-huh. And Tucker's like, didn't I already tell you this? Two years ago. Yep. Um, And he says, okay, and when did your wife leave? Two years ago. And I have another question for you, show Tucker. Do your letters still reach her? (laughs) Um, Wow. What a weird I don't even remember what he says. But then uh, Edward's like, where are Nina and Alexander? Because Nina and Alexander have become this chimera. Yes, and Shotucker says, I hate perceptive brats like you. Yeah. 
Um, uh, Edward slams him against the wall, and they have this verbal debate. Uh, in which Show Tucker compares his actions to animal testing. Um, and he compares it to the to the human transmutation attempt that the Elrics made. He's kind of like, we, like, we're not different. But then the piece oh de God. resistance of this scene. <clears throat> Show Tucker then tells us, the audience and also Edward, that he didn't need to create this chimera. He had no to pass reason the to. Certifica- he had no reason to create this chimera. He just wanted to see if he could do it. Then why... Why did you do it? Okay, so here's the thing. We talked about during Modchel's episode the idea that I just want to see if I could do it is a great motivation for a scientist. But the problem with it here is they've spent an entire goddamn episode building up a completely different motivation only to then throw it out the window. Yeah. So it's it's so inconsistent. And we we have so we have a ton to talk about this that we we've kind of pushed that off to the end, but like it makes absolutely zero sense Truth. for us to play the last two episodes really yeah. of building up this this recertification and his nervousness about it. Um and then for him to sacrifice his daughter and his dog to make this chimera and then just Adam- be like, I didn't have to do that really like yeah, to really just be like, you, he's crazy. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, why? It's, why? So now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like wondering if that grimace at the very beginning was him being like, God, I can't <laughs> wait for these fucking kids to leave so I can turn my daughter into a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the logic here? There's no desperation behind it now. There's no like, I've been pushed yeah. to my absolute limits of humanity. Maybe There's, she just drew too many pictures of her drew mom. Drew too many pictures of mom. They were all ugly, uh, burnable no, ugly, dude. and like uh, couldn't go on the fridge, gotta burn it. And but, so he's he just done with her. I don't know. So just, just very confusing and, and like, leaves me like, what what was all of this if he didn't have to do this? Like, why? Yeah. It's, what is the point of this? I no longer believe in any of the affection that he ever showed for Nina. Yeah. I no longer believe in this this these threats that they've been throwing at him i no longer believe in this entire arc we've spent two episodes building up i don't believe in any of it anymore you just shattered my suspension of belief and the only people as angry about this as we are is edward himself Uh, and edward starts to beat show tucker up um i i found the tone of this very different than the manga where in the manga he's he's kind of he doesn't really know what to do with this information i think uh, I'm okay if his reaction is punch. That lines up with the Edward that I know. But here he's just like, I'm going to beat the crap out of you because you're a shitty person. Which is true. Uh, but it's, it's more intentional and less kind of confused. Like, this is a really, like, weird moment for him he in the He just wails on him while yeah. wailing. Yeah. Um, and here he's just like, you piece of crap. Pat, pat, pat. Uh, and he paps him until uh, until the chimera bites the edge of his cloak yep. and until Alphonse is like, dude, you're going to kill him. Once again, alchemy causes problems <laughs> and violence solves them. There you go. But so as he kind of drops Show Tucker to the floor, Tucker mocks them and he taunts them because Edward wants to try to separate the chimera. And he's like, you're not going to be able to do that. It's perfect. It can't be separated. And um, then he's like, be careful. She doesn't suffer the same fate as your mother. Which like, <laughs> fuck you fuck dude fuck you dude yeah um, boss grand arrives uh, to the basement and he has more soldiers and more guns and he's like what's going on here Edward Elric 
And Edward Elric says he used his own daughter. We get into the denouement of this episode, so the wrap-up. Um, Show Tucker and the Chimera... Can we call the Chimera Nina? Is yeah, that I'm going to call her Nina. Yeah. Um, Show Tucker and Nina... No one cares about Alexander as much as they care about Nina, by the way. Well, as but like... The crime of this Nina's is that... Nina's a human being! Right. The crime of this is that Alexander ended up kind of becoming a little bit more than dog, but Nina is now less than human. Yeah. So that's that's the horror here, and that's why I think most people, when they see this Chimera, would would refer to her continually as, as Nina. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Tucker does, even, uh, yeah. in the manga, at least. He, he, he talks to her afterwards, and he calls her Nina. Yeah. Um, but show Tucker and the Nina Chimera are taken away. Boss Gron says that they're going to be dealt with in a military tribunal. Mm-hmm. Edward kind of protests uh, because he doesn't trust Boss Gron and he doesn't really have any reason to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boss, uh, through this scene, Boss Gron definitely knows that show Tucker's wife was the first Chimera that he made. Yeah, um, and covered it up. And he definitely seems to have been aware that he might have been planning to use Nina to make another Chimera. Uh, he's definitely being set up as a villain. And this idea that he's being set up as a villain is kind of cemented when he punches Edward using uh, a glove that he transmutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of punches him right right on the head. So mm-hmm. if he wasn't concussed like three episodes ago, he definitely he sure as heck now. is now. Um, and he kind of gets into the van and everybody drives away. Edward uses alchemy to transmute the road and cut, has it do a, like a little ripple. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird application. That's fine. That doesn't break my suspension of disbelief as far as what alchemy can do. It's weird but for it Edward, a, though. It's a weird application. It's not how Arakawa does things. Yeah, she, she would have done it differently. She would have had him create a roadblock yeah. with his face on it. Um, right, <laughs> right. Or real spiky. Yeah, we usually don't see people do alchemy and then things go back to the way they were. They're usually changed. Not necessarily permanently because of equivalent exchange. Uh, but... Equivalent exchange doesn't really seem to exist in this show. Yeah, who cares? So, ex- <laughs> you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, no one gets out of the cars except for... Uh, the truck the, the, the truck that Nina was being transported yeah. in flips on its side and the doors pop open and she crawls out the back. No one else gets out to be like, hey, is everyone okay? To see if anyone managed to escape in this chaos. And it's a long shot of Nina just like lumbering out, sniffing around, then turning away and padding down an alleyway. It's long. There was plenty of time for people to get out of these cars. Yeah, well, that would have required more frames and more drawing and more, probably more pay to the people who do the animation. That is Um, fair. um, But she kind of runs around and she finds that that scarred man that we met earlier, uh, the guy who has the tattoo on his arm. Um, And she goes up to him, she sniffs him a little bit and he touches her and the tattoo glows red and he says you are composed of both man and beast aren't you yes and then he's unsure of how he knows this which it seems obvious to me how he knows this the tattoo is an alchemy detector um then you (laughs) you put in the notes it looks like the shining just what are the rules what are the rules what are the rules what are the rules (laughs) yeah Um, what are the rules yeah because again like We've never seen something like this that can, like, touch something and be like, ah, this was transmuted from one little girl and one great Pyrenees. Yeah, we've never seen anyone be able to use alchemy to determine what the starting products were. Right. It's always been... Or to, or to identify anything. Or like, to identify that something has been accomplished via alchemy. Like, that has never occurred before, so... 
Well, and the funny thing is, Arakawa gives a great way to do it because most things that get transmuted end up with little yeah, transmutation lines. On them. Um, so, just very, very strange. Um, uh, the tattoo man says a prayer. Uh, he kind of asks God to take the soul of this chimera mm-hmm. into his bosom. Uh, at least it's bosom in most translations, right? I believe so. Uh, but then we see, because uh, when the boys do alchemy, it's usually like yellow or blue. Mm-hmm. But we see the same alchemical sparks, but it's red this time. Yeah. And then the boys find the alleyway. Yeah, sometime and... later. The, the guy is gone. And Nina is a bloodstain. Just a gruesome bloodstain yeah. on the wall. Like, she exploded. Like, she looks like she has been microwaved. Yeah, you, you can make out, like, different parts of her body, but it's just a big... Like, she, she gone. She did. Yeah. Um, and then we see a shot of the tattoo man and he is says, um, astutely, I get it. My brother gave me this arm so that I could take alchemists who strayed from the path of God and their creations, which like we've seen him take a creation. Yeah. We don't know why he assumes he is out to also kill alchemists now because he hasn't killed one yet and yeah. felt rewarded for it. I think he's just really pissed about what happened at the library. He's he, like, and you know what else? <laughs> <laughs> that kid Fuck in the Fuck those guys for take, for kicking me out of yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back in the alleyway, Alphonse notes that she looks like she's been deconstructed with alchemy. So the boys now have a big lead onto who may have done this. Uh, but Edward is crying. Yeah, and then we get our end credits, which are actually interesting, um, because, well, well first of all, well, it's a jarring yeah. tonal shift from where we've been in this episode, because right. it goes back to that, that, the, the end credit song, which again, we like, um, it's but just, it's, it's just so, it's so wrong here. It's so um, upbeat to go from a scene that ends with our main character, like, broken over what's happened to this little girl. To, I, can't, I can't think of how the end song goes. I only think of the intro song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's still like, um, poppy and upbeat. Um, and there are new pictures, though, of Nina yes, and Alexander. And there's also Edward's face at the very end is face. different. He doesn't have that little small smile. Like he does a big detaches. grin, but his eyes are like glistening. Yeah. So it looks like it hurts. He like he's more grimacing. He's he's grimacing, Just not smiling. Can't quite get that poop out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm confident it's a poop face. So takeaways. I mean, I, I, so as far as the episode overall, um, they're still doing too much, but like I, I think I enjoyed it overall. It it's tough with this show because we've seen all of these beats mm-hmm. and all of these stories handled so much better, except yeah. for the Maj Hall story, which was totally original. Um, yeah, but like. They're just trying to cram so much in, and it ta- it takes the weight out of every single moment. Yeah. Uh, and we've been watching a bunch of Naruto lately, which takes a lot longer. The pacing is a lot slower overall. But things feel more appropriately weighted. Yes. Um, I don't feel like it's ever trying to do too much. If, if anything, I feel like it's trying to do too little. But I still prefer the way that they're doing it to the way that this show is doing it, where it's just like, here's more information, take it! Yeah, yeah, they're just throwing things at you. Mm-hmm. But... We, we obviously got to talk about... Uh, Boss Grand. Th- yes, Boss Grand and the other character who's introduced this arc. Um, because Boss Grand is dead uh, by the time the manga starts, right? Yeah. Or, well, he, or he dies in the early chapters. He dies very, very early. But we don't, we don't ever see him. He's dead by chapter five. Um, and it's, it's very interesting because in, in the manga, he's really not like 
a bad guy. He's one of the state alchemists who is deployed to Ishval. He does his job exceptionally well um, in just killing Ishvalans. Um, in in fact, mm-hmm. for the release of their live action movie, Arakawa put out a new one shot chapter yeah. that actually references that he was he was real good at that. Um, but he he more does it. It's I don't want to say that the excuse oh I was just following orders is a good excuse. It's not, but, mean, but it's it's not like he relishes the task. Yeah, he just does it. And when an Ishvalan who is a high priest comes to him under a white flag, Baskaran immediately stops killing, takes this man to go, tries to take this man to go meet the Fuhrer. Um, but his, when his superior sees this and tries to tell him, like, no, we kill all Ishvalans regardless of if they come to us under a white flag, Boskrond yeah. kills him to, to make sure that this guy who came under a white flag is taken to the Fuhrer for peace talks. Because he's like, there are, there are articles of war, there are war crimes and I'm going to follow the articles of war. I'm going to right. follow fucking protocol. So he's very protocol oriented. He, he then takes command and all the people under him, one of whom is Maze Hughes is just like, all right. Yeah. Cause he, he shoots the commanding officer who's like, ignore the white flag and everybody who's there is just kind of like was a straight bullet. That was crazy. No straight. Yeah. Even though they definitely saw it and definitely know what happened. And to your point of like, just following orders is not a good excuse. No. Unfortunately, that's the excuse for every main character who we're supposed to like. Yeah. All of the state alchemists and even all the military people who were involved in that extermination campaign, that's the best they got. Yeah, is we were just following orders. And we see and, and when and we see And some of them really wrestle with that yeah. and like come to terms well, with the fact that that's not an excuse. Well, and when we see people like Boss Grand who's like, "Oh my god, a white flag, an excuse to stop killing." He takes that immediately. And we see other officers like his commanding officer who doesn't do that? And and even other alchemists like uh, Kimberly, who may be in this anime, I don't know, uh, yeah. but who really like relish the killing. Boss Grand is not set up in the manga as this bad character. No, and he's granted not... that that chapter happens, I think, way after the show's out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. I want to say more than halfway through. It's or it's around the halfway point. Yeah, but but regardless, he's not supposed to be like a bad guy. Yeah. So the the choice to do to use him here as an antagonist is one that I find odd. I'm interested to see where they go. I think I think he'll do well in the role, especially as, as they've characterized him so far as just the you know, military, military industrial, industrial complex. Yeah. yeah, he's the military industrial alchemist. So yeah. you know, and um, we're gonna talk about Scar for a little bit. Scar yes, is the man, the man yes. who kills Nina, the tattooed man. Yes. Yes, and uh, his name is Scar, based on the scar on his face. Well, it's basically when he's when he sets out on his mission to kill all state alchemists, he sort of abandons his name and says mm-hmm. like that person doesn't exist anymore. But he's a very important character. He is an extremely important character, um, and he's he's kind of set up as the initial antagonist. Yes, uh, he's been in the theme song, so we knew that he was coming. We know that he's important, uh-huh. uh, but we know he's important outside of that. Um, and I'm really really excited to yes. see more of him. I think I think that there's opportunities to do a good job with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if his arm can touch things and be like, ah, alchemy. Right. But in the manga Scar, definitely his killing of Nina is played out very differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one thing, Nina and Sho Tucker are not taken into custody. They are placed under house arrest. Yep. Which, and... which we do see, but then the boys break in, which things are just paced differently and events happen out of order. Right. I think in our in our like first or second episode, you were like, they cut all the panels of the manga out threw them in the air, and then told some sleepy intern to put them in order. 
Yeah, um, that's that's exactly what happened here. And some again. of them just got under the couch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when he kills Nina in the manga, he well here he just kills Nina. He just right, says, he just, "Oh, this is no way to live." He doesn't even say this is no way to live. He's like, "Ah, oh, you were once human and beast, and then she's dead." Yeah. But he comes to her in, in in the manga. He comes to her, and she is in Show Tucker's house. He's just killed her father. She nudges him. She calls him daddy. And she doesn't call him daddy. No, she calls her father daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, thought she, you, I thought you meant she calls no, Scar no, no. daddy. She, and I was like, I nudges, get it, but she's four. She nudges dead show Tucker, calls him daddy, and Scar looks at her and mm-hmm. is like, y- you cannot be fixed as you are. There's no life for you as yeah. you are. He apologizes to her and prays over her, kills her very quickly, and then gets out and continues to pray over her. Yeah. Like, it's very much like a mercy kill that he feels deep guilt for doing, but mm-hmm. also feels was entirely necessary. And one thing we're missing from this is the guilt. Because he walks away from that not feeling guilty or, like, sad or mournful over this life that he's just taken. He's like, I understand. My goal is to kill state alchemists and their creations. Yeah. So it's it's almost like revs him up instead of makes him, like, feel this this feel the weight and tragedy of it very strange um obviously the last character we have to talk about is show tucker um, but before we talk about tucker we've got to talk about timing a little bit i think yeah so is... a big issue in this especially in this episode is that there's they jump from time to time and from place to place and thought to thought without really taking the audience along for the ride yeah you're really supposed to fill in a lot of the thought gaps or they give you half of the information and not all of it because they want to hold their reveals but they so so like Edward starting to figure things out and starting to piece together this mystery before he's confronted with all the evidence. Yeah. It's he's jumping through from thought to thought and they're not giving you what his thoughts are so that it right. is impossible for the audience to keep up with Edward so that it it gives you this reveal at the end but also if only he had a confidant just someone that he could share his thoughts with and that way it would be exposition for the audience. But also it would play up this relationship that he had. Mm-hmm. It's too bad that there's no characters that exist in the manga who could right. serve that function for Ed. Like a like a brother, almost. Oh, wait, Alphonse is in this. But yeah, so what this does, this timing, they jump from place to place and thought to thought without taking the audience along. So like what they're doing is they're giving you all this kind of Edward following this trail and following all the evidence, but they're not telling you what the evidence is. Mm -hmm. They're not telling you what Edward is thinking and they're not taking you along with his thought process. So what they're basically doing is both spoiling a reveal and also refusing to allow you to come to the conclusion on your own. So the beauty of a mystery genre, which I would say this episode is set up to be a mystery. Sure. The beauty of the mystery genre is that you and the detective are given the exact same clues along the way. And at the very end, there's a little pin and a little piece of evidence that comes in and flips all the evidence you've had before on its head and pieces it together in a completely new way for both you and the detective. And that is what is really the beauty of the mystery genre and how that kind of mystery genre is well done. This is not well done. This is this is Stephen Moffat levels of poorly done mystery writing because yeah. it gives you all this evidence or it gives your protagonist all this evidence, but he's not sharing with you what it means and what it yeah. is. And so when he comes to the conclusion, the, the effect is, well, aren't you stupid for not also figuring it out? It was there all the whole time, but it's not there the whole time because they're not giving it to you. So yeah. this, well, and, and I would say it's, it's hard for us to say if the audience can't reach the same conclusion, 
I don't see how they could have given the same evidence. Because we, we knew going in what had happened. Yeah. But here, it's not even clear, like, why does he go to the State Alchemist Library? Why does he go to Hughes's house? Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. And what I also hate about this is that then Alphonse and Edward are in the same room together, right? And they both see this chimera at the same time. Now, in the manga... Mm. None of that going to the State Alchemist Library, going to Hughes' house, none of that happens. Edward and Alphonse have the exact same information that mm-hmm. you as the audience do the entire time. And then this reveal happens. And it is a reveal for, to Edward. It is a reveal to Alphonse. It is a reveal to you all at the same time. Well, and the reveal is that the the Chimera knows them in ways that only Nina and Alexander would. Right. So Edward thinks, actually, when he encounters this chimera, that it's really cool. Yeah. And so he's like, wow, it, it can say my name. And then it calls him Edward Olnichan. Yeah. And then he's like, and then you see his face just kind of go, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, it's and- a really beautifully well done page and also page turn. Um, mm-hmm. Edward is is horrified by it. And it's all. Yeah. it should also be a moment for you as the audience to go, Wait, yeah. what? Because you see his reaction and you know that like if you if you're not there with him, then you know that you've missed something and you need to like take go a back and take like, a minute wait, and go wait, back. Wait, wait, and what? fortunately it comes right before a page turn so that yeah. it doesn't spoil that for you yeah. and you can before turning that page go back and look for evidence to try and build it yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is what's really well done. What is so poorly done here is that Edward has this realization the moment he walks in the room. You can't really go back and piece things together. It's something where his realization is not shock and horror. It's just sad head down. So you can't even really see what he's thinking or how he gets there. And I'm so upset with that. I'm also just like so confused by like how much time has passed in this. I don't know how much time has passed. One thing that, again, I will say Arakawa does so well is we always know how much time has passed, where people are, and how they got there. Um, And also... Going into timing, I don't understand why the recertification is happening after the actual certification test, because it seems to me if I were running a state alchemy department, what I would do was I would have the recertification exams first so that then I understand how much budgetary allowance I have based on whatever the government has given me that year for this program, how much I can allot to each state alchemist and also then how many state alchemists I can have at a time based on that recertification. So then I know how many I can take and there's certification exams. But that is a level of analysis that I can't expect the, the average viewer to have. Um, does that does that break your suspension of disbelief? Well, it definitely really? challenges it a lot it, to just make me go, this military is, and this is true, incompetent the thing that affects me more and the thing that i have a harder time with is that edward doesn't talk to anybody about the like i don't yeah. know uh the person he literally spent his whole life with and his de facto best friend ever alphonse yeah his literal brother who is attached at the hip he doesn't talk to him about any of this he doesn't take him with him no i don't understand the effort to keep them separate whereas and again we're comparing to the manga but like Alphonse it's, has to be stupider than Edward in this. That's that's the effort. That's why? why it's there. Because they have to make Edward the smarto who gets to everything first. <laughs> smarto? Yes. Edward has to be the smarty pants who gets to every conclusion first because he's just better. Is that like he's... counter to Dumbo? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just checking. 
He's he's got to get to everything first because he's the protagonist and Alphonse is the sidekick and therefore is there to offer support to Edward and be less intelligent than Edward to make Edward look better. That is the way they're playing this in, in this anime and it's driving me crazy. But why? I don't know. Um, finally, I think we have to talk about Show Tucker as a character and, and just this arc because and I guess the best way to do that is just to kind of describe a little bit how it goes in the manga because again it's been stretched over two episodes here to to some by some accounts i would say because he was introduced last episode and we started to get a little bit of seeding done and then this episode where everything kind of plays out um in the manga he's he's mid-30s he's scruffy he's a single dad he's a little awkward he's not very well socialized he's kind of a weirdo uh, which we talked about earlier when we talked about the specimen room. Like, he takes the kids in there and he's just like, yeah, this is just where I make the chimeras. And it's not weird to him, even though it's very obviously kind of... Uh, ma- the word I keep using is macabre, which I think mm-hmm. is a pretentious word. But, like, it has the closest meaning to what I'm really trying to say. Um, but in every scene we see him, like, you can see the weight of worry on him. His shoulders are hunched. His posture is not great. And he always... it He always feels like he's carrying some burden which i think a lot like part of the fun of this arc is like you can say okay well he's a single dad he's taking care of this kid on his own he has a very high pressure job and the thing that ultimately happens him turning nina and alexander into this chimera he does it because the alternative is losing everything he has every reason to do it and i don't agree with the decision he made at the end of the day but like he does have to make the chimera, where in this, he apparently has no reason to make mm-hmm. the chimera, which just it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any... Instead of a man in desperation who's in danger of losing literally everything he has, and you could even mm-hmm. argue that he kind of looks at his daughter and is like, if I don't pass this, she's going to be in poverty, and that's no yeah. life for her either. Doing this is a way of saving her. Like you Because could he'll, even... he'll, he'll stay wealthy, and he'll be able to take care of the the chimera chimera, exactly so you could even argue in the manga that that is something he uses to justify it to himself you kind of see that play out in his head and the fun part of the manga and it's totally taken having him say i had no reason to do this takes this away completely but the fun part of the manga is you read that chapter and you put it down and you you're sick to your stomach yeah and even rereading it in preparation for this episode and even rewatching the episode from brotherhood to see how they did it it's gutting to the point where it's just like why would you ever play this differently when the emotional response that you get from your audience is so great the way that it's already done? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just hard to understand why they would do these things. Um, and you can sit down after reading it or after watching it and you can talk with the people that you're consuming the media with and be like, how does this happen? Like, how does this person mm-hmm. get to this point? And you and I have had, like, obviously we've been prepping for this episode, but you and I have had conversations about it for hours. Like, yeah, it, it's... There's so much to it and so much depth to that, to his own arc. It it exists. Whereas here, it's like, oh, he's just a crazy person. Right. And I think you have a ton of notes about that. So I'll let you kind of take over Anime Tucker. <sighs> anime Tucker is is just a sick person. Yeah. He's, he's just a crazy person. And right. that's what they go. It weakens and, and his arc tremendously. If he's less than... 90% sane. Yeah, because you mean sick as in he's actually like ill. He is, yeah, he's, he is a mentally ill person. Yes, he needs help. And like this, the the point of this should be that people do bad things. But here the point is crazy people do bad things. 
This also stigmatizes mental illness in a way to be like, look, crazy people are going to do bad things because they're crazy. And I'm like, no, for the most part, people who are mentally ill actually don't do violence. So this is this is atrocious. Yeah. It, in, in the manga, his sin is that he loves himself more than he loves Nina. Yeah. He wants to be wealthy and and have notoriety he will not settle for mediocrity he could easily go off and be a butcher or or a tanner or do whatever he could work in a shop he could do he could do do literally anything anything, but he won't he refuses and and like we know that he lives in this big house we know he makes a lot of money as a state alchemist and he relishes that and there's no reason for us to assume that he couldn't make less money doing something different but he won't yeah, he, he, decide, he will yeah. not be mediocre. He will be great. He loves himself more than he loves Nina. Mm-hmm. In the anime, his sin is being a crazy person. Yeah. And again, alchemy is scary. Yeah. Which... And this like, is this is why I said you should not split this arc and take the time to build Show Tucker into a big villain rather than dropping you into the middle of this already burgeoning villainy. It's it's one chapter and you're done. It, you yeah. you need to just watch a man break and then that's it. You move on because yeah. your point is not alchemy does bad things. Your point is not crazy people do bad things. It's people do bad things when they are pushed to their limits using any means available to them. Yeah. And and I think part of the thing with this arc is like this would have happened without Edward and Alphonse mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. there. Like they they couldn't stop it. Yeah. But to the point of like uh, stretching it out and maybe maybe building him up as a villain. He's still alive at the end of this. Yes. He he's he's in trouble and he's he's under arrest, but like they could be using him as a bigger uh as a bigger plot point. So we'll see we'll see if that actually pays off. Um so, but, but that that would be almost worse because it would again make his arc about him being a bad person rather than him being a regular person who does a bad thing under duress. Yes. So what are you excited for moving forward? <sighs> Gosh, I, I feel like I get less excited every time. <laughs> um, that's not really true, though, because I, I am having a really good time watching it um, and seeing what's different. It's yeah. just they haven't... Created, they haven't impressed me yet. Exactly. They haven't created enough of their own, like, thing for me mm-hmm. to latch onto. And here, like, what I'm excited about a lot of times is them seeing how they how badly they fuck up these story points. Right. Um, so I guess I'm excited for them to get away from the manga, because... This is a massively important chapter in the manga. Yeah. And they really bungled it. And um, excited to see what they can do with like a full plot line and not just a single episode right, their or own a couple stuff. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Their own full on plot. Um, I'm, I'm excited really... about Scar. Okay. Because uh, like he, he's a big, big character and obviously they're going to get away from what's what had been written in the manga at the time uh, before they run out of episodes. So he's going to have to do something. Right. Different from what normally happens. But even if he does what he normally does, I'm excited to see that. Because maybe we'll get some actual fight scenes. Yeah. I am excited to see more Mustang and Hawkeye. I Mm -hmm. am excited to see if they can write a Mustang that doesn't bore me to tears. I'm excited to see if they can write very interesting interactions between Mustang and Hawkeye that have a lot of depth and meaning to them. Um, I'm excited to be back in the present I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with the flashback. Gosh, let's yeah. let's move. Come on, let's get onto the plot line now. We're done. I have no more questions about what happens now. You can you can bring it back in. I don't think we're still benefiting from being in flashback. I'm not. And it's almost it's almost to a point where I'm like, did they not understand when they were when they were reading it 
did they think that these chapters were in flashback? Because I can't think of any other reason for us to be here right now. I it's Again, it's not really feeding into what I consider the larger questions. It's not feeding into who are the homunculi and what are they doing at all. It hasn't for several episodes, so I'm very confused about why we're still here. Well, and a lot of the stuff with Scar is Scar kind of comes up against the homunculi. Yeah. And if they're not coming in yet, what is he going to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I don't, I don't understand why we've spent so long in the past. If the purpose is to get these arcs in, put them in the present, it can obviously be done and done well because it has been done and done well. Um, if the purpose is introduce elements of your greater plot line, pace those, pace out necessary flashback moments. Like Lust in Maj town, people looking for and knowing von Hohenheim. Um, I know that, that, yeah. Usewell is also going to be in a flashback and there's a girl who's important in there. And so like pace those bits out instead of just throwing them all at us two episodes in when we've only known these characters for two fucking episodes. I, I really can't think of anything else in here that has raised major questions about yeah. our main storyline or our villains or uh, about Von Hohenheim. Literally everything else can happen in the present day. And if these things must be done in flashback like please meter them out you you just you don't need this long of look there's some media that really does flash forward to the climax as a hook to really great effect like they they really begin in media's race like breaking bad season two um when we start with with the pool with everything in the pool and then the entire season is working us up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Better Call Saul does it every single season. How to Get Away with Murder does it every single season. Arrival, the movie Arrival, the entire thing is a flashback. Um, the fifth season by N.K. Jemison is a book and it starts at the very end. And she tells you from the beginning that let us begin with this. And then she goes, oh, but you need, and it lasts like two paragraphs. And then the author says, but you need context. So let's try it again. Rick continuum. And then she jumps back to way in the past. So these flash forwards can work to great effect. It is not happening here. But the the, the reason I, I expect that a lot of those flash forwards, and I know a couple of them, but the reason that they work is because you get the flash forward and you're like, what is how happening? How did we get here? Yeah, I don't have any but questions the, about how we the, got here Because now. the stuff that we see in the present, that arc has wrapped up. Yeah. So the I'm only not, question like, I have is yeah. about the homunculi. Yeah. And, and that's it. And who and the other and thing those is like, who knows when we're gonna, gonna get back to it. Yeah. Why bother putting two episodes in the present if I'm gonna have forgotten because to to some extent we have to look at this uh in the way that it was originally intended to be consumed, which was weekly, episode by episode. So if we have these two episodes in the present, and then we have a couple months of episodes that aren't in the present, I'm going to forget about that. I'm not going to care. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like you said, it's raised questions in Lior in those first two episodes. The question being, who are the homunculi and what are they doing? But those questions have barely been addressed in this flashback. So I don't feel that this flashback is heading anywhere that's really going to drive the CDQ that they've introduced or, or drive these plot points. It just feels like info dumping. So this is not a good example of using the flash forward technique yeah it's it's very really done yeah a really bad example so i'm i'm so over this flashback i am ready to get back into the present i'm desperate to get out of it frankly because because we keep forgetting we talk about it and we're like well he should know this and they're like no he knows that in the first two episodes but like the first two episodes are 
three years from now. Yeah, if your audience is forgetting whether or not you're in a flashback, you're 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 doing it wrong. Yeah, how many times have we said that in this podcast? Like mm. pretty much every episode since episode like four or five. We'll be back next week to talk about episode eight, which um, is a doozy. <laughs> we have already watched it, Shh. Uh, <laughs> but it is it is a wild one. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun, and that that one's also one that's kind of away from the manga, which we're both. I, I would like to do as many episodes. I, I would like it if every episode was away from the manga because I feel like it gives us a lot more to talk about and a lot yeah. more a lot more to criticize on a on a level more or player level. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. here it's like you guys wanted to do something different or you had to do something different potentially, but some of the choices you're making, like you did, I I, I can't imagine that you had to make Show Tucker's motivation different. Yeah, and I don't think the way that you guys have changed it is to anybody's benefit. It, it significantly weakens the emotional impact of this arc. We'll see you next week when we meet uh, one of my favorite characters, Barry Zachapa. <laughs>